very, very much. I want you to turn with me this morning to the book of Psalms, chapter 23. I am doing something this morning that I, as far as I know, have only done two other times in 36 years of ministry, and that is that I'm getting into the pulpit this morning preaching something that I did not intend to preach. I just, just really feel that really feel like it's what the Lord would want me to do this morning, and I, I want to try to be sensitive to the Lord, and try to be sensitive to the Spirit, and just feel like He's taken us to a place today that, that uh, is different than really what I had intended. I was going to preach, continue our study of the book, the Gospel of John, but really today I, I want to preach something that will be familiar to, to our folks. I've preached this message before, but Psalm chapter 23, I, uh, I want to take a moment to share with you the story of Chippy the parakeet. Chippy's story goes like this. One second he was peacefully perched in his cage, and the next he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. His problems began when his owner decided to clean Chippy's cage with a vacuum cleaner. She removed the attachment from the end of the hose and she stuck it carefully in the cage. And she had just started that when her cell phone rang. And she reached over on the table behind her to grab her cell phone and as she turned around to say hello, Chippy got sucked in. Chippy's owner gasped, and she put down the phone, and she turned off the vacuum, and she opened the bag, and there was Chippy, still alive, but stunned. Since the bird was covered with dust and soot, she grabbed him and she raced into the bathroom and she turned on the faucet and she held Chippy under the running water. Then realizing that Chippy was soaked and shivering, she did what any compassionate bird owner would do. She reached for the hairdryer. She blasted him with hot air. Poor Chippy never knew what hit him. A few days after the trauma, the person whose call had started poor Chippy's adventure called again to see how the bird was recovering. The owner said, well, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits and stares. Many of us can relate to Chippy's little adventure. One moment, life was peaceful, everything was good, and then without warning, things changed. Before you knew it, you had been sucked in, washed up, and blown over. Maybe it was 
an unexpected call from the doctor following what you thought was just going to be a routine checkup. Maybe it was the unforeseen loss of a job or a family problem that seemingly came out of nowhere and blindsided you. Maybe it was a financial crisis that came without warning. The truth is this morning, it could have been any number of things, but regardless of what it was, at that moment, you felt like you had been sucked into the depths of despair, doused with the cold water of reality, and stung with the hot air of disappointment. These are what we call the valley experiences of life. David spoke of these in our text. Let's begin in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And here's where I want us to focus today. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The significance of verse 4 is that it marks a change. To this point, the shepherd has been leading his flock out of the fold each morning and into familiar pastures and beside very still and calm waters and then back into the safe and comforting confines of the home fold. But today, they will be different. Today, they will head to the highlands where the receding snows reveal many areas, acres of nutritious green grass. But in order to get to the higher ground, The shepherd and the sheep must pass through the valley of the shadow of death. And such is the life of every believer. I'm talking about those who can truly and honestly say, the Lord is my shepherd. They can say that because they've come into a saving relationship with Him by grace through faith. Yes, there will come that day when we dwell in the house of the Lord forever, as it says at the close of this song. And what an experience to look forward to. But until then... Our journey of faith 
will take us through a number of valley experiences. Those dark and difficult times of life that will try our faith to the uttermost. Those moments of time in our life that will test our faith to its very limits. We know that David wrote this psalm. There's no dispute about that. What we're not so clear about is when he wrote it. But honestly, it it doesn't matter when it was. What point in his life that he penned these words is really irrelevant. What matters is that it still speaks to us. And it still shows us, first of all, the courage David exhibited. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Many of you have heard the name Corrie ten Boom. She was once asked how she endured a trial. She smiled and said, when I'm on a train and it goes through the tunnel, I don't jump off the train. I hold on and trust the conductor. We need not fear the dark valleys because we can trust our shepherd. Remember, he's leading us. He leads us beside the still waters. So church, listen, here's what that means. That means that every step we take is a place where he's already stepped. Every place that we walk, if we're following the shepherd, that means that every area of our life that we go through, he's already gone there. His steps have already trod that path. And he's cleared the way and he's okayed our journey through that valley. Dr. Paul Chapel once said, faith cannot be developed in comfortable surroundings. And really, that's what the valley is all about. Though it's it's never pleasant nor comfortable, it's where we learn to walk by faith. And listen to me this morning, fear ends where faith begins. So we see the courage that David exhibited, and then we see the comfort that David experienced. There's a reason that David could say, I fear no evil, and it's because he could also say, Thou art with me. At this point, the psalm takes an interesting turn. Up until now, David has been talking about the shepherd. But now, when he's down in the the valley and he's there himself, if you'll read it, you'll see that he now begins to talk to him. The valley has brought him closer 
to the shepherd. Philip Keller writes this, during this time, talking about while walking through the valley, he says, the flock is entirely alone with the shepherd. They are in intimate contact with him and under his most personal attention day and night. And what is true of the sheep is equally as true for us. The valleys of our lives are designed to bring us closer to the shepherd where we can be under his most personal attention day and night. What a tremendous source of comfort it is to know that we can talk to the shepherd of our souls. I think one of the reasons that we are so fraught with worry in the valley because we are so poor at prayer. It's almost as though prayer is a foreign thing to us when we get down to a place in our life when we really, really need it. Maybe if when we're up on the mountain, we would pray and rejoice and, and thank the Lord for His goodness in our life and for His blessings in our life and for His presence in our life and pray for others and we would do that every day. And maybe when we find ourselves at a low spot in our life, prayer wouldn't seem so foreign to us. There's something to be learned this morning from the courage that David exhibited. His faith in the Lord is, I will fear no evil. That's because he had strong faith. And there's something to be learned from the comfort that David experienced in the valley. For thou art with me. There's also something this morning to be learned from the care that David enjoyed. He said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod was literally a club that the shepherd used to protect the sheep. If the shepherd saw a wild animal of some kind getting near the flock, he would then take that rod and, and he got very good at throwing the rod if he needed to. And he would either kill that predator or he would drive it away. And I think David paints for us here a picture of God's care for us in the valley. Listen to me, nothing is allowed in your life as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ without the permission of the shepherd. That means that what you're going through right now, 
has already been approved of by God. Listen, so often we talk about what I'm talking about this morning and, and, and the things that God has gotten us through. But have you ever stopped to think about the things that God never even permitted in your life? The times when God said no. He's not ready for that. She's not ready for that. Now, I'm not going to allow that to happen. I'm not going to allow this to come about because they're not ready. Maybe we ought to spend some time thanking God for the storms we never went through and the valleys that we never experienced. And I'm telling you, when you're in a valley, you're there by permission. You're there because God has allowed this to happen for the sole purpose of bringing you into a closer relationship with him. The staff was the instrument whereby the shepherd would guide his sheep. It's what we see the, the children carrying in the Christmas program. It's the, the long stick with a hook on it. It's what we normally associate with the shepherd. The valley of the shadow of death, by the way, was a real place. It was a very narrow spot, in, or very narrow in spots, and it was of utmost importance that the sheep follow the shepherd. And as a pastor, I have to say this this morning that it is so sad to see folks who are going through a difficult time in their life, either maybe in their marriage or maybe with their health or their finances or a wayward child or whatever the case may be. And they, they go through these times, but instead of drawing close to God, they run. They quit going to church. They quit associating with their brothers and sisters in Christ, the people who could really help them. And the place that is the best place for them to be in all of the world. And I'm not getting on to you this morning. I'm just encouraging you. If you're running, stop. Stop. Get back to where you know you need to be. And maybe that's why some of you are here this morning. It's because somewhere at some point in the week, God said, stop. He said, I just need to get back to where I know I need to be. And I'm convinced this morning as I sang through those songs and as I sat there that that God was leading us to this place. Because somebody needs what God has today. And listen, only God would know that. I'm not smart enough to know that. But God knows. And maybe it's simply for that, because you've been running and you've been removing yourself from those influences in your life that could be the best for you. 
And I understand you get to those places, you don't want to talk, and you don't want to be with people. But listen to me this morning, that's where you need to be. God put those people in your life for a reason. It's so easy to run when it gets hard. But just imagine a flock of sheep with the shepherd, and they're in the valley. One of them gets frightened by something and just runs off away from the shepherd. What have they just done? They have have just exposed themselves to more danger and more trouble and more trials. Because now they're out there without the care and keeping of the shepherd. Are you with me? They're out there on their own, and now they've got to try to fend for themselves. They've tried to fight their way through this struggle. And listen, that's what happens when God's people run and remove ourselves from the care and keeping of our shepherd, and we expose ourselves to all of that the enemy has to offer, and we expose ourselves to more danger and more threat and more discouragement and more sorrow and more grief. Listen this morning, don't run. And if you're running, stop. Stop. If you'll just keep the faith when in the valley, the shepherd will get you through safe and sound. And that's a wonderful truth. The shepherd will get you through. Listen this morning. You're not there to stay. The valley's open on both ends. You'll go in and you'll come out if you'll keep the faith. Be strong in the Lord. Surround yourself with good, positive influences in your life that can encourage you. Again, you're not there to stay. Listen to me. You're just there to learn. And then you're on to higher ground. The higher ground of greater blessings and deeper devotion and more productive service. But in order to get there, God's got to take you through this this low place. And he's wanting you to learn there. He's wanting you to learn what it means to be close to him. And he's wanting you to learn what it is to live by faith. And he's wanting you to learn how it is to pray and to seek his face. And you come in one end, and then you go out the other end, and you start heading back up the mountain to a place That is better than you've ever had. Farmer had some puppies for sale. And he made a sign and he was nailing it on the corner post of the fence that surrounded his property. When he felt a a tug on his overalls and he looked down and there was this little fella maybe 
six, seven years old. And he looked up at the man and he said, Mister, I want to buy one of your puppies. The farmer looked at the boy and scruffed his head and said, Son, these, these puppies come from parents who cost a great deal of money. These are very special puppies. I don't think you can afford it. And the little fellow reached in his pocket and he pulled out 39 cents. And he said, is this enough to at least look? The farmer said, sure. And he whistled and hollered out, here, Dolly. And about that time, Dolly came out from the doghouse and down the ramp. Followed by two, or followed by four little balls of fur. And that little boy's eyes lit up like a Christmas tree. And Dolly, he was rumbling over there, and these four little puppies, they were scampering as fast as they could. And then all of a sudden, a fifth puppy. Started making its way down the ramp and it tripped and ended up rolling down the ramp and landing at the bottom. It got up, kind of shook itself off. This puppy was much smaller than the others. And it was running for all its worth, but it just could not keep up with its brothers and sisters. This puppy was obviously the runt of the litter. As the little boy pressed his face to the fence, he pointed to that fifth one and he said, Mister, how much for that one? The farmer knelt down. He said, Son, you don't want that puppy. He was born with a bad leg and he'll never be able to run and jump and play with you like you would want him to. And in response, the little boy reached down and slowly pulled up one of the legs of his pants, exposing a steel brace that ran down either side of his leg, and it was attached to a specially made shoe. And looking up at the farmer, he said, Mister, I don't run too well either. And I figured he'd need somebody who understands. I'm thankful today that we've got someone who understands. Your family may not understand. Your friends may not understand. Your spouse may not understand. Your church family may not understand. Your pastor may not even understand. But God understands. He understands it all. There's not anything to 
that we can experience in this life. Sickness, the death of a friend, nothing that we can experience on this side of eternity that Jesus doesn't understand. There's nothing that you and I can't bring to Him. Every care, every worry, every doubt, every hurt, we can bring to Him. Because nobody understands like Jesus. I don't know what you brought with you today. But as a pastor, you, you learn to be somewhat observant of people. And I do know this by your reaction to the singing today, some of you have come with heavy hearts. And try as he may, get you to smile, it wasn't there. You didn't even have the strength to fake it. God knows that. This is not normal what I did today. I'm absolutely confident in my spirit that's where God wanted us to go. With every head bowed and every eye closed today, would you give me the opportunity